Welcome to The Age of Jeremy. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Age of Jeremy, where you can get some investment news from the leader in financial education, investments, accounting, taxes, and business advice. If I'm not the leader yet, I will be soon. Also follow our podcast network, The Age of Radioverse, on Instagram at Age of Radioverse 100 Podcast, strong and growing. You can also check me out on TikTok at Age of Jeremy and Twitter, where I've been hanging out a lot more recently, at Age of Jeremy Q. That's Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. If you want to be on this podcast and chat, email me at jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradio.org. That is Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot Quintanilla at ageofradio.org. Org. We are looking for small business owners and influencers to share their stories, no matter how small, no matter how big, or should I say no matter how big, no matter how small, we just love a good story. So, all right, let's get into today's podcast. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness, and well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. Before we get into our amazing time with Mo from Move Yoga Life, let's go over some things I think you should know. This news piece was recorded on January 16th, 2022 at about 9.14 p.m. So some of these new items may have changed by the time you hear it. So the first item comes from Coindesk. Judiciary advisor calls for English law to keep pace with crypto. So again, this comes from Coindesk. You can check them out at coindesk.com, I think. Um, yeah, coindesk.com. And again, the news articles will be in the description or the episode description below if you want to link over to them and read the whole thing. So judiciary advisory calls for English law to keep pace with crypto. Technology advisor to the head of the judiciary wants an independent body to highlight areas of the law that are not keeping up with disruptive technologies such as crypto. A technology advisor to the judiciary of England and Wales said there is a need for an organization to keep track of gaps in the law to see where the legal system is failing to keep up with areas such as crypto and blockchain, which is a great idea. So Professor Richard Susskind, who advises the head of the judiciary, in England and Wales has proposed an independent body to highlight areas of laws that are not keeping up with disruptive disruptive technologies such as crypto. This was reported actually by the Financial Times on Friday, January 14th. So such a body would also promote English law across the world as a standard for governing blockchain-based transactions. Some lawyers are concerned that although English law is the model of choice for finance and insurance, the country's legal sector could lose out to centers such as Singapore and Dubai if it does not keep up with the pace with innovation. And I think this is also smart of um, the English and the Welsh. All right. In 2019, legal services contributed to 29.6 billion pounds or 41 billion US dollars to the UK economy, according to a professional body city in the United Kingdom. Now, I think this is great news. I don't know if everyone will create generational wealth by trading and hodling cryptocurrencies. However, it is not going away. And what I mean is not going away is the blockchain, smart contracts. Those things are going to get better and better. And we're going to integrate them into more um, uh, that we're going to integrate those concepts into more of our uh, technological infrastructure. Uh, and it is still in its infancy. So countries need to make sure that they are staying up to date with their crypto laws. I have been spending a lot of time with our lawyer located in Wyoming trying to learn about these crypto laws. And I have to say Wyoming is going to be a beast in the crypto space, especially since Kraken, the crypto exchange, is going to be opening up a bank in Wyoming. Now you can go and read about this. Um, I have a link in the episode or you can go to kraken.com. Um, and when I say I have a link to the episode in the description of this podcast episode, you can take a look at it and um, uh, link over and read all about the Kraken Bank in Wyoming. Now, I really want to be um, so. The other thing I want to talk about is I really want to focus on becoming a tax expert uh, moving forward as one of the, and this is one of my long-term strategies for Q Financial. I couldn't talk about Q Financial before because of my uh, relationship with the bank. Uh, I used to work for Wells Fargo Bank. Now you can check out the Q Financial uh, website at qfinancialllc.com. It's actually been up for over a year. Um, we offer bookkeeping services and basic tax services. Um, we're not doing anything crazy yet with taxes, but becoming an expert in the tax area 
er, uh, the the tax um, field or tax policy is one of my main goals moving forward, especially with Q Financial. Um, so you can also me, email me at jeremy.quintanilla. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y dot Quintanilla, Q-U-I-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A at Q Financial. That's Q, like in Quintanilla, and then financials and financial, LLC.com if you need help with anything. But because of this focus on tax, I really want to have a tax article every blue moon. So here's the first one that I found, um, and this comes from BluebirdTax.com by editor Kelly Phillips. It is titled, Surprising Look at What Income is Taxable and What Isn't. So Twitter lit up recently over a post reminding taxpayers to declare income from illegal activities. Some users couldn't believe that it was real, but the declaration, which is not new, can be found in IRS Publication 17, which notes that income from illegal activities, such as money from dealing illegal drugs, must be included in your income. You'll find the same language in IRS Publication 525 or 525, however you want to read that. The authority for this statement is found in Tax Code Section 61 which makes clear that gross income means all income from whatever source derived unless it's otherwise excluded. Uh, excluded. That's a pretty high bar and the starting point of our entire tax system. And even though it feels a bit odd to require taxpayers to report income earned from committing a crime, it's a law that's been confirmed in the court in U.S. v. Sullivan. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the fear of self-incrimination was no excuse to not report. With Justice Holmes writing, we see no reason to doubt the interpretation of the act or any reason why the fact that a business is unlawful should exempt it from paying the taxes that it law that if lawful it should have to pay sullivan would prove a pivotal uh, a few years later when in 1931 al capone was sentenced to prison for tax evasion capone who made a millions from bootlegging liquor gambling halls and other crimes of the day had reportedly boasted the government c- can't collect legal taxes from illegal money And apparently that's not true. So what is taxable? Not sure what else you have to report. Here are four more possibly surprising sources of taxable income for federal tax purposes. One, found money. If you find and keep property that doesn't belong to you that has been lost or abandoned, sometimes referred as to a treasure trove, the property is taxable to you. It's taxable at fair market value in the first year that you establish ownership. The rule has been on the books for decades. Um, Rev Rule 61, 1953-1, Cum, C-U-M dot bull 17 confirmed that the finder of treasure trove is in receipt of taxable income for federal income tax purposes to the extent of its value in United States currency for the taxable year in which it is reduced to undisputed possession. The guidelines were officially tested in court in 1969 in Cesarini v. U.S. Today, found money is generally considered ordinary income. Unemployment compensation. All states offer benefits for unemployed persons who qualify. Benefits paid out under these plans are generally considered compensation for federal income tax purposes. That makes sense. Unemployed unemployment benefits are considered a replacement for taxable wages. All right. Canceled debt. Get rid of debt by having it written off feels like a big win. But if your debt is canceled for less than the amount you owe, the amount of the canceled debts may be taxable. That means that you have to report the canceled debt as income unless an exclusion applies. The most common exclusions include bankruptcy, insolvency, and qualified principal residence indebtedness. If your debt is just charged for less than what you owe and that amount is $600 or more, you may receive form 1099-C. This typically happens when the creditor terminates determines that you can or will not pay what you owe. Examples include when you cut a deal with a credit card company to pay a reduced amount to close the account or following a foreclosure or repossession. The difference between what you owe and what you pay is considered income. Again, assuming that you don't qualify for an exclusion. All right. And another taxable event is lottery winnings. Lottery winnings are treated like gambling winnings, which means that for federal purposes, they're taxed as ordinary income. That's true whether you collect your payment as a lump sum or as an annuity. And just real quick, in uh, accounting um, school or finance school, one of those schools, I actually calculated if it's better to take it as a lump sum or as an annuity, it's always better to take it as a lump sum and invest it. Now, it's also the case if you win a non-cash prize like a car or a house, winnings are typically reported on form W2G and are subject to withholding of 24% if the amount is more than 5000 If you owe more in tax, you'll pay the difference at tax time. And if you owe less, any coverage will be refunded to you. Now, I know taxes may be boring, but the reason why I bring it up is because 
because the more you hear about taxes, the more your mind will hopefully wonder about taxes and you will start to educate yourself on our tax system because that is probably one of the main ways that our government in the United States and a lot of governments around the world make um, their revenue through tax revenue. If you want to find out what isn't taxable, check out this article at Bloomberg Tax. The link to the article is in the episode description. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back to have some time with Mo. All right. My guest today is the founder of Move Yoga Life. Now, it is interesting how we met. If you are a warrior at our 3T Academy, you should already know Mo because she teaches at our 3T Fitness in Mesa, Arizona. She has a show with Kevin at our 3T Labs YouTube page, Um, not to be confused with our 3T Academy crypto page, which is the one where Coach JV is on, so make sure that you check out 3T Labs and you check out 3T Crypto. They are both going to be in the episode description. And we also stream her yoga online to our My Warriors, and I think we're also doing it to uh, everybody on YouTube, but I'm not 100% sure on that because I don't manage that part of the business. My bad. Now, I actually met Mo through her sister, Leticia, who was the one of the first or second guests on our Motivation Health and Life podcast with Coach JV. Leticia actually used to work with me and John, and Leticia has actually known John for a really long time. I love Mo. She is super knowledgeable about yoga, and I'm glad I got to spend some time with her. Make sure to look in the episode description to follow her on her social media and join her Facebook group, Move Yoga Life or as she likes to say, move your life. Here's my conversation with Mo. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Today, tonight's my Kundalini class and my sister's in town. Oh, nice. So so she's going to go to it? She was supposed to, but she ended up going to uh, 3T for our uh, yin yoga on Tuesday night. Oh, nice. Yeah, her and her husband came. I wish I would have. Well, okay, so don't. Take this the wrong way. I was there till on Tuesday. No, I wasn't there on Tuesday. Never mind. I was there last night until about six ish. Oh, uh, really? yeah. Because I was gonna say if you were if it was like if it was on a Tuesday and I was there, I was like, oh, I should have stayed because I am planning. I promise, promise, I am planning on. I doing told Kevin one, one day. No, one I, day I really want to do it, especially. TV. So, like, especially because, like, recently I just started um, uh, a fitness like physique training schedule and eating schedule and so i'm getting really tight and so i really want the yoga to do so like after like after i pick up ariana um this afternoon my niece i'm gonna go do my stairmaster and whatever oh me too okay i'll be doing that with you i do the stairmaster that's when i get all my work done I'm like, okay, yeah. so now, I just, you know, like, I get, I suck so bad at Stairmaster though. Like I have to be like super, super concentrated. I have to be super concentrated because I'm like, yeah, I'm in so much pain, Like, which is weird. Cause like I can walk, I love walking. So in general, I just yeah. love walking. Um, yeah. And so, uh, but other than that, I don't other than, and I, I hate suck at running and I can bike forever. But like running and anything else I suck at, (laughs) but I love biking. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Kelly, you know, do you know Kelly, um, Kelly Harrison, coach Kelly? Yeah. So he's, he's helping me. He's like staying on my ass about it all. Oh, good. He's so cool. I've been on some of the zoom calls where he's been on there. Well, cause I told John, like before I had somewhat of an excuse because I was working and had so much stuff going on. A, I don't have any excuse anymore. Asia wants me to be in a bunch of photo shoots. And so, so I'm like, fuck, Mm -hmm. now I I don't want to look like crap in a photo (laughs) shoot, I guess. Right. Um, Good job, Asia. She's motivating everybody over there. Yeah. So, so to get started, Mo, um, yeah, I, uh, lost all those questions that I had sent to you, but I know that it was only I, four or five <laughs> questions. So I was hoping you remember them because yeah, I don't, I don't remember no. them. And, <laughs> okay. and so this morning, just to be honest, so we have a partner that's in Dubai. Um, okay. and so I don't know if you remember when John went to Dubai. Um, I do. yeah. That so, was, so yes. our partner in Dubai that we do stuff with I had to go wire him um something today for a portion of a project that he did with us um for okay. his, his money and so that kind of put a hamper on my time <laughs> timing because I had gotcha. meetings up okay. until doing that and then 
we, I was, so we do, we use a different bank for our uncommon 1% business. And so oh, nice. they didn't have an online wiring thing with the bank that we use. So I had to go to the bank to do the wire. We're like, when we wire from our other bank where most of our accounts are at, it's all online. Yeah. So it was just a pain in the butt. Wasn't it uh, weird to go back to the bank? Um, well, so no, not really. I no, mean, I feel like I haven't been in the I have to do bank years. stuff. Like I have like, uh, at, uh, for three T. Yeah, I think the first two weeks that I was at 3T, I had to go to the bank like almost every day to do shit. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So that that part doesn't bother me. I'm so happy to not be at the bank anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, congrats. So, yeah. Well, thank you. So but yes. this isn't about me. This, so no, it's no, about you. About me. <laughs> so tell me. So just for people that are listening that don't know who you yeah. are and what you do and what your um I guess what your business is uh, for the most part. Uh, do you yeah. want to kind of explain that? Sure. Uh, hi, I'm Mo and I am creator of move yoga life, uh, to help people move your life is, uh, the little slogan I kind of created over the past couple of months. Um, but no, I've been teaching yoga for about four years now. And through the journey of teaching, I've just been able to realize that, in order for people to really get moving and making changes, it takes a it takes not just the physical awareness, but also the mental awareness. And I always like to tell my students, if you're lucky, you can even get to the place of spiritual awareness. And I pretty much have catered my classes now to uh, helping people align with that understanding with their uh, particular energy systems. Also, what we call chakras. That is my that is my thing. Chakras nice. are my thing. And so I teach around chakras. Um, I base um, my life around chakras, um, recognizing that not only does the energy within us change, whether it flows or it's blocked, um, but the energy around us is constantly changing, that the seasons here on earth are constantly changing and they actually align with chakras as well. So, um, so that's what, that's what I do now. I, I teach yoga and I do uh, one-on-ones with my students, uh, to help them figure out what chakras energy systems that they were born with that also need to be balanced. Um, and we figure out meditations, uh, yoga practices, um, different techniques and tools to, to get people moving yeah. in, in the right direction. Now, at, at the office the other day, I saw something, uh, it was like a chakra worksheet or something. I think it was cause you were doing stuff with, uh, one of our trainers there Tom Coach Tom Coach Tom yes. yeah um yes. so for for people that don't know what what's how do you define what a chakra is uh the the easiest way to describe it and i feel like more and more people are starting to describe it this way is the energy systems that are within our body there's so many different types but the main ones that people like to focus on are the seven that align with our spine and okay. so they're described as energy systems. And if you want to visualize what they look like, it's described as like a wheel. Each chakra is a wheel. And if your chakras are spinning and moving in the right flow, in the right direction, then um, we will feel more balanced. And if we have certain areas in our lives or in our health that um, we are struggling with, if you start to use the chakras and the energy systems as a map, you can really figure out what's going on um, and be able to get yourself back into balance. That's so cool. So pretty, pretty awesome. So how did you get into doing, so you do different types of yoga. I know that at yeah. the Academy where you teach with us, um, yeah. or where you do sessions for us, you have yin yoga and then you have new moon classes and then you have mm -hmm. moon classes. But before you go into like what the differences of those kind of are, what, how did you get into yoga? So you said you'd been doing it for four years now. So yeah, how did you yeah. get into doing it? And what did you so do I've before been, that? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. So I've been teaching for four years, but I've been practicing for almost a decade. Got it. Yeah, for almost a decade. And um, yoga came to, came to my life, I feel like, at the perfect time. Um, I, I didn't really know about yoga until I was actually in an uh, eating disorder program. Ah. that I had put myself in back in, I believe it was 08. Was it 08, something like that? Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, and uh, while I was there, there was a woman there that she was a, an inpatient. Um, her name, her name, 
was Kim and she was an older woman and she loved yoga. She had um, been practicing yoga in the morning and she said, that's what kept her sane. And I had never heard of this thing called yoga before. And um, so just by, she planted that seed. And um, what really stood out to me is that, uh, how do I explain this? Is that while I was in that program, the, the understanding of yoga, and I think for a lot of us in the Western side of, of Earth's hemisphere, we, we think yoga as just a way of, of, of exercise. Right. It's a yeah. way to sweat. It's a way to exercise. And yeah, go just kind of like I was workout. saying earlier, I need it so I can stretch out my muscles. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So yeah. you think about it in terms is, of activity. Which right? is awesome because yeah. that's just one part right. of yoga. It's actually not even the main part of yoga. But um, I feel because of that misunderstanding, unfortunately, the program that I was in um, made sure that she would not be able to practice yoga in the mornings or at night. Uh, because they felt that that was something that she was doing to lose weight. Got it. And I watched a woman who was near fifties, still struggling with an eating disorder. Yoga was her way of balancing. Yoga was what was keeping her um, grounded, sane. And uh, I saw that she was starting to do better in the program. And then when they took the yoga practice away, um, the downward the downward spiral that I witnessed was just horrible, Yeah, horrible. Um, it was really quite sad. She ended up having to leave the eating disorder program. And I'm pretty sure her and her husband um, had split after that. But, oh, that's so um, sad. And, but what, what shocked me was the power of this practice that I'd never heard of. And so it got me thinking, well, maybe this is something that I should look into. And yeah. so I started going, um, I lived in Santa Monica. So Santa Monica, California. There's pretty much a yoga class. In yeah, I was going to say like corner. here. In, so where I'm at, in, not, where I'm at in Glendale, Arizona, there's like two yoga studios. <laughs> I'm yeah. assuming in Santa Monica, there's one on every corner. When I first moved out here in Arizona <laughs> yeah. back in like 2015, there was like nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's really nothing. difficult to find and yoga so here. It's it's really cool because when I moved out here, I cried. I was like, "There's no yoga," but it was like almost like a divine thing because it was well, there's no yoga. So you need to bring the yoga. Right. Right. And, and so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to have to start teaching because once I finally started venturing into the yoga classes, you know, someone that struggles with the eating disorder, you really don't want to be in your body. Like I did everything I can to numb out of my body, drink alcohol, overeat, not eat. Um, and then in yoga, it really forces you to have to be in your body and appreciate your legs for keeping you balanced, appreciate your arms for keeping you strong. You know, you really connect to your body. And so here I am, you know, uh, in my mid twenties, almost like, a, uh, almost a eight years into an eating disorder, almost a decade eating, into an eating disorder. Um, and for the first time ever, I was like, whoa, I really, I really like my body. I actually enjoy the hour and 15 minutes of being in my body. body yeah. And it was really the breathing, the breathing and connecting to this thing called breath that got me through these tough, challenging poses. And that allowed me to continue to stay strong. And for an hour and 15, notice how bad my thoughts would get, but then I'd still survive. Yeah. And I never experienced that before. It's interesting because I was really heavily into yoga when I was probably between yeah, 17 I'm, and 21 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and maybe 22 ish, some in that time frame, right? And so yeah. like I look back and sometimes like when whenever I've had a problem with my body, I'm more I've always been because I spent so much time in it, I feel like e even now I'm still more in tune to my body than I feel like some other people mm -hmm. are because you get mm -hmm. used to things you get used to, when you're spending that much time in poses and you're practicing on breath work and you're meditating, you have a sense of you. Right. Yes. And so like yes. when I got diagnosed with diabetes, when I was 27, like I knew something was wrong with me, not just apart yeah. from like, not just apart from the fact that the normal things that you happen when you get diabetes, one diabetes, mm -hmm. like the weight loss. And then you get, um, uh, you get thirsty all the time and things like that. But like, I mm -hmm. felt like my body wasn't right. And like yeah. anytime any of that happens, um, anytime I'm sick or something, it's always like, even before any of the sickness shows up, I feel like something's wrong with my body. And I feel that yoga mm -hmm. really helps with understanding 
your body and your ability to understand who you are and your how your body is. Completely. Yeah. And 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 if you're and unfortunately, I feel like we're kind of in a society that's always making it really easy to escape. From yeah. That, yeah. You know? Which is odd because we talked just this morning. We had a live on um, the 3T Warrior Academy YouTube channel, and they were talking. It was about the metaverse and being in a like mm. an Oculus and being a completely escaped from reality and yes. having your world inside of it. And it was funny because we I was watching all the posts from people, and they're like, "I don't want to be a part of that because I want to be in nature." And everybody, and even though yes. the world's moving towards that, um, I, I think that it's interesting because you're right. Like you can't get a sense of who you are if you're never. At with you at present with yourself, with yourself, yeah. yes. So, yes. so you started teaching. So, then you started teaching four years ago. Did you start teaching when you moved to Arizona, or was it prior to that? Or, yeah, and then how did you start building your, I guess, business and practice from there? So, shortly after, then I, you know, I started doing vinyasa more of like the flow style, the exercise, because it's the easiest one to go to. Yeah. Um, and so with, and, vin, with real quick, just because if people don't know yeah. what vinyasa is, is that just like faster movements or what does that yeah, that's look gonna, like? That's going to be more of your, your typical flowing class. That That is got the it. one that people tend to want to go to, to get their exercise. Got it, got most, it. most studios tend to teach uh, that particular style of, of yoga. And, um, I was, I absolutely loved it. It was a great way to sweat. It was a great way to connect to my body. And then I got to this point where all of a sudden I felt like a click. I went, it's so interesting what yoga does, because I always say the the gateway drug is first through the body. Like you come into yoga and you really come in because you want to lose a belly or you want to strengthen your arms. Like everyone comes in more for the physical, right? And then you're breathing and you're moving and you're recognizing your thoughts and you're recognizing the way you think when you're in stressful situations and what happens when you breathe. And all of a sudden you start to recognize, whoa, I got this mind that I didn't even realize said so much and controls so much that I'm unconscious to. And you start to feel a little different with this new awareness of of your body and your mind. And if you continue to practice long enough, all of a sudden there's a click. And I like to say that's when you get your trinity. That's when you start to all of a sudden you come to this connection with your spirit. And and and, and I'm, whatever people think of spirit, whether it does come to you as like a, a religious thing or uh, whatever their term wants to be, however you want to call it, you know, Kev. Anytime we have our show here at Three Two Warrior Labs, called call it call it what it is, right? You know, um, and so. Whatever you want to call spirit, what I do, what I, when I say spirit, it's my true self. And that is something that I did not know that I had is, is this, this beautiful, precious being that was within me that wanted love, that wanted me to care for myself, uh, that wanted me to do better than this eating disorder habit that I was living in, this self-sabotage that I was living in that knew I had more potential, you know? Yeah. And um, once I got that click and I got that awareness, I started seeking something deeper. I didn't want my yoga practice to just be about my physical body and sweating in the 120 degree room anymore. So my my spirit felt like it was wanting now something I could I could hear. I could right. connect to it now. Yeah. Right. I didn't know what it was at the time. Now I do. But at the time, I yeah. knew something was different. Yeah. And by that, that's when I started like, OK, I need to go to start. I need to get a teacher training, not so much to teach, but more to figure out more of what this yoga thing is. Right. So to go deeper into the practice by understanding more of it. Yeah. Yes. So during my teacher training, um, I also then discovered, and I started to do teacher training at core power and in, um, in Brentwood, California, still vinyasa style, you know, a type of, of, of yoga. But in that process, I found my, my home style of yoga, which w- which is Kundalini yoga, that I feel is ultimately what saved me. So then, the Kundalini yoga. So what's the difference between that and Vinyasa? Ooh, so Kundalini yoga. And I'm sure um, that's a difficult is, question. Yeah, yeah. Kundalini yoga is it, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It comes with a lot, right? Yeah. Kundalini yoga is described as the yoga of awareness. That is like how it's described, the yoga of awareness. And it brings all aspects of yoga. 
I didn't know this until I started getting into my teacher training that there's, there's different types of yoga. There's, there's tantric yoga, there's Raja yoga, where you wor- worship, there's Kirtan yoga, where you just sing. Um, there's, there's so many different types of yoga and Kundalini yoga has been able to bring a little bit of each of those. You do, you do some flowing, you do um, some chanting, you do some drishti focus work. Like you are bringing all of it together for one big mind, physical, spiritual <laughs> orgasm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the first when, when you did the first. I think the first yoga class you did for three T was a kundal, kundalini yoga class. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And, and there. It, at the time and still now 2021 there is barely any kundalini yoga here yeah, on the uh, east side i of, don't even know of one at all other than you like is there any yeah. actual place here in arizona that does you know specifically, i feel like there was i mean i'm sure I'm that not, there might be places that have oh, a class actually, no there yeah. is there in phoenix and scottsdale mm-hmm. that's like and and you know tempe too they they got They have a lot of kundalini yoga, great teachers in that space. But anything outside of there, especially where I'm at in Gilbert, and I think even where you're at in Glendale, there's just not. Oh, there's nothing in Glendale's the, and I hope that I don't offend anybody on the podcast. Glendale's like the (laughs) whitest conservative place, in my opinion, in the freaking state. You would think there would be a lot of yoga then. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a lot of Pilates. I mean, I see Pilates places more than I see. Like right. yoga places, <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You would think that maybe yeah, there would actually, be more of it. Yeah, de- <laughs> it, I, I would love the day where I actually would have more minority people um, in my classes because a lot of my classes tend to be predominantly white. Um, and I and and I don't know if it's just because culturally, um, w- religious wise, or what brings um, you know that group of people more so, but. And I would say maybe for myself being Hispanic, uh, religion is embedded deep within you, whether you're truly are Catholic or not. Yeah, that's, that's actually it a, is a big sin. Interesting it, point. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, yeah, even um, if you're not Catholic, because like my dad, I wasn't, re- so I'm a Buddhist like now, but um, yeah. when I was, so the white side of my family was, you know, predominantly you know, Christian Wesleyan, whatever. But my father, who is Hispanic because he's from El Salvador, his whole side of the family is Jehovah's Witness. And I find mm. that either with Hispanic culture here in Arizona, anyway, it, you're either Catholic or you're Jehovah's Witness oh, um, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And so I think that either way, in the Spanish in the Hispanic community, there's like a a really focus on religion. Yeah, you know? and that's actually I'm glad we're I'm mentioning and. And, and, and just to kind of answer your last question too, because I want to hold on to that because that's what's really important to, I want to go over is, is recognizing that yoga is, um, it's a spiritual practice. It's a, it's, it could be even just the physical practice. It could be a, a great practice just for your mind. And it's, and what I'm hoping to do with the move yoga life, the move your life is to show people that you can still have your religious practice. You know, if anything, yoga is just an extra tool to help strengthen that. You know, it's not something that's trying to pull you away from the church because being in Gilbert, I actually get a lot of Mormon, you know, I'm in the very big Mormon community. Of course. And um, coming out here to Arizona, to the desert, you know, I was like, gosh, I kind of feel like Jesus getting thrown into the (laughs) desert for 40 days, but hopefully it's only going to last, you know. Not as not that long. I was hoping to go back to LA as soon as I moved out to the desert. I have but, no idea you know, how you would want to live in LA. Now, I mean, now <laughs> looking now looking at the situation, I'm so glad it was a blessing in disguise. Like if you said um, I want we, to live in San Diego, yeah, cool. LA is horrible. like even when I go there, dude, there's just it so wasn't much that happening. Bad. Venice, <laughs> Venice got cleaned. I lived on Venice Boulevard, yeah. Venice and Lincoln, and that was just. I rode my bike to Santa Monica every yeah, day. Yeah, I guess if I you're mean, like just, in 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 that, it was I, a mile from the beach. Yeah, and obviously, know. if you're living there, it's not going to seem as bad as if you're not living there and then you go there. No, because <laughs> like, I honestly, love San Diego. We were, I would live in San Diego. Dude, hands two, down. 2015, as we were leaving um, California, because I had my my twin girls, my identical twin girls, we ended up having to leave because because we couldn't afford to live in our apartment anymore with twins. Um, it was starting to not be as awesome. They were like, it was unfortunately not becoming as safe as it used to be. So 
Um, but moving here now, I do have a very strong uh, the community where there's a lot of religion, there's a lot of churches in almost every corner. And to real to realize that uh, what's beautiful about the, that this community is that they are in a spiritual journey. They have a big spiritual awareness because of their religious practice. Oh, expe- yeah, Mormons you know? especially. So some of my, uh, so our 3T warrior ambassador, um, Heidi, um, she uh, is a practicing Mormon. And then, um, yeah. yeah, and then she Joe, is. her husband, obviously is a practicing Mormon. And yes. uh, they're some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, one. And then two, you know, there are lots of like, how can I say like esoteric practices inside of mm-hmm. Mormonism that mm-hmm. would correspond well with yoga. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like with their meditations and some of their other practices that they have when you're inside the church and things like that. So I, I find that Mormons, I think can integrate that yoga a lot easier maybe than some other. I guess, I, I, you know, I, I didn't even put that together, but that makes a lot of sense yeah. then why it seems like a, and, and, you know, uh, also within this in space and where we're at, there's a lot of ex-Mormons. There's a lot of yeah. people that have left churches yeah. um, and they're spiritually lost. They're seeking. And so it's really beautiful to have people in, in both different spaces, you know, from different walks of life, from, from different backgrounds to be able to come into a yoga practice and say that this is, this is not about religion. This is, if anything, this is just about my connection with myself. And by strengthening that connection with myself, whatever I take from this class, I can then strengthen my relationship with my religion, with my community, with my culture, with my practices. Um, it's not there to threaten. And I, I've had some students um, that have come to me and told me that, you know, I would love to continue your class, but, you know, my, my priest told me that yoga is the devil. No, that's how you it know? is when I was growing up uh, before I got into uh, you know, new age type of stuff. Cause my family has a church out in Avondale. Um, and so a Christian church, a Wesleyan church, I think is mm-hmm. the, what they still are. Um, and so they, it was very, you know, not yoga was very anti. Yeah. You know, that, that was, you know, leads you to the devil and all of that stuff. Totally. Um, so I can definitely and Kundalini that, yoga's yeah. got even even more because you guys, yeah. do, you guys do, cause in Kundalini yoga, especially with your class, you do a lot of the mantra Yes. Chanting, right? Yes. yes. And yeah. So like, yeah. So it can even so even sound, it can even sound more <laughs> esoteric completely. and evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's what ended up happening. I ended up getting my vinyasa teacher training with core power. I started going deep into the Kundalini yoga um, because that was a practice that was able, it's a very fast practice. Like when you start doing Kundalini yoga, if, if put on your seatbelt, because <laughs> if you come in there and you're like, okay, I'm ready to start changing my life. I'm ready to start working on myself and become more aware of myself. It is one of the fastest working self-development things I've ever come across. And, and, and I've had multiple teachers describe Kundalini yoga that way. Wow. And when people are like, be careful with that Kundalini yoga. I think there's even um, a student on Mighty Networks or not start a warrior on Mighty Networks that she had mentioned that you have to be careful with Kundalini yoga. You know, it's, it's bad. And this and that. And, um, and you know, what's sad is that I, I, I feel like that comes from this idea of that. It's bad. If you, if you start to figure yourself out without having these like dogmatic things that we've been so used to telling us how to do things. And God forbid we start to figure out our own truth and start to voice that and start thinking differently and start feeling like, Hey, I feel like I should start thinking this for myself and thinking out of the box. And, um, and when you do start to work Kundalini yoga, you do start to reopen and break open sometimes your chakras. You realign these systems that have been either dormant, never moving ever, you know, or completely sluggish and sick. And, um, and now you're, you're completely changing your life, which then sometimes mean you start to change your outside. You start to change your relationships. You start to change and people get scared of that. They do. And I think that that's really what it leads to. (laughs) I really think that that's where a lot of that fear comes with. And then also too, I think that in, 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 
with the the chanting and the um uh with chanting and then uh mudras and then like mm-hmm. the religious like any type of the religious aspect that moves into especially in yeah. kundalini yoga i think i think yeah. that just scares people um completely so where do you so so right now with your bit with move yoga like um it's move yoga life right move yep move yoga. Yoga life. Mm-hmm. so so with move yoga life how do people like you you do private one-on-one sessions and you do group yes. sessions so you do group sessions yeah. with us yeah. every sometime Tuesday. Two weeks, yes. (laughs) Well, so it's interesting because I was talking to the only reason, so I'm like trying to figure out a way to do it even more because everybody loves the yoga. And not only that, I loved hearing coach Tom talk about how it's changed his life. Like, like, especially with, especially when he did the Kundalini yoga with you, when you did one of the Kundalini yoga classes. And then he came, he literally came to me and he was all like, Jeremy, I think we need to do more Kundalini yoga. I was like, oh yeah, did you do the class? And he's like, yes. And it's changed my, like, it had such an impact on him. It was so like, I love, I think the best part about everything that we're doing in the Academy, right. Mm Um, is it just hearing the stories that people have of things that have changed their life. Mm-hmm. Like whether that's cryptocurrency and they've made money, yes. whether that's when we were just yes. a fitness company and people had lost a hundred pounds or 200 pounds doing our program, yes. or like when they find something new, right? Like even when Heidi did the Kundalini yoga and the yoga the first time, like yes. it changed her, like, and they wanted to do more of it. And they like, mm-hmm. and I think the other two, I think it's really good having you because you bring a good female energy to everything when it's just like Thank me, you. Dustin, Kevin, Sean, yeah. I think the only two Tom. females, but right, like Mays in South to, Dakota or wherever. Yes, and, then, yeah. and then Jackie's not there all the time. No. And then so, yeah. So now it's we just, have Laura. It's just you, Laura. Yeah. So Laura's helping with that okay. part of bringing yes. the female energy, being a part of the yes. events. And then um, who else is there? Heidi. And then Heidi, obviously. And yes. so, but yeah, the rest of it's just a bunch of guys there. You know, and now we're getting Asia. And now we're having Asia help out with stuff. Amazing. Yeah, so it's getting really, it's getting really. Uh, I think it's it's, it's building balance. a bigger balance. Yeah. So yes. So you do the the uh, so you do um, you do other group classes though besides at three T. Yeah. So I um actually tonight, uh, which this is going to be recorded. So uh, what's to, what's today? January fourteenth. Uh, is when this yes, is. Yes, so tonight. Not sure um, when this I'm, is going to go out, but it will right, go out but eventually. This is yes. January 14th, and tonight <laughs> yeah. I am teaching um, my full moon class uh, that I teach uh, every month at, here in Gilbert at Get Group Fit. Got um, it. The studio owner there, she lets um, any fitness instructors or anyone that wants to do events rent out to her studio. And so I've been very lucky to be able to go there and teach my full moon and my new moon class every month. Now, and then so your people that. pay you then to do the class with you. And then you pay the people to have the class at their thing. Yes. So that one is they, they register for each class. And, you know, my husband and I are trying to put something together where we put some type of like membership where they pay monthly, where they can get yeah. and be able to just every month, here you go, here's your pass for the class. Um, and then also bring in more classes, but you know, Kundalini yoga, because there's not some, there's not a lot of it out here. Right. Um, well, at that I've new- used, mm-hmm. Well, at that full moon class, do you do, is that Kundalini, do you do Kundalini yes. yoga at that class? Yes. So that's a Kundalini yoga class. Yes. Got yeah. It, so it. I started with, I started, so I started my teachings with yin yoga. So I got into Kundalini yoga and I got into it hard. I was going pretty much every day to um, the the studio in Venice, California, uh, Rama Institute, yep. um, which was created by uh, the late Guru Jagat. Um, may she rest in peace. Unfortunately, she passed last Aww. August. And so, um, she, that's her, that was her studio and I believe they're still running it. So, but that's where I was going. Cause it was only a couple blocks away from my apartment. Um, but I ended up after a year doing Kundalini yoga, I stopped. It got way too intense. I was, I was starting to see, <laughs> I was starting to see my habits. I was starting to see why I was drinking. I was starting to see the pain that I was running from. I was yeah. starting to see all these things that I'd been trying to numb myself from. And I was starting to see it. I was starting to feel it. I was becoming conscious of it. And once you become aware of something, now you're accountable. You can't, I can't blame anything. You know, my dad. For things. <laughs> well, can't I can't blame, blame anything. No, yeah, yeah. no like exactly. now I'm conscious of it. Yeah. And I now I need to choose what I'm going to do with this. Right. I can sit here and continue to blame and stay in this victim mentality, or I can choose to want to fix it. 
And honestly, the idea of choosing to want to fix it takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of work. And it was something that I wasn't ready to do. And so I, I ran away from Kudalini for five years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's how much it's But you were still doing yoga during that time. I was still doing yoga. Okay. So then you started doing yin. So what's, what's the difference between yin yoga? And then, so then I got into moving out here um, to LA or to Arizona um, I finally started to realize, like, I really would love to start teaching, but I was really scared. I was honestly, I was just scared. I had my certificate for five years in those five years. I was also trying to raise twins, you know, and, um, find myself again. And, um, I wanted to teach, but I was just too scared. And, and by divine, um, I was in a yoga class at lifetime fitness and the manager there, I don't honestly know, Jeremy, how this fucking happened. I really don't even know. It's <laughs> usually how these things go. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. I, and, and knowing her, she's never done this for anybody. <laughs> anybody else? Yeah. No. Uh, she never did it before. She never did uh, it after. <laughs> I honestly have no idea how she knew that I had a yoga certificate, but they needed a yin yoga teacher. I had only done yin once yep. because I didn't like the slow pace. So yin yoga, it you have the yin and the yang. Yeah. The yang is your fast moving, active sweat, which Got everyone it. typically knows, right? right. Yep. The yin yoga is the opposite. It's the slow, deep. You mean you might do like six postures in one class. Right. And you're holding and you're them in, for and you're holding them for like three to five minutes, wow. breathing in them. And so honestly, it's harder, I feel like, sometimes than the actual flowy muscle moving. Yeah, when because I we always go, go, go. Oh my gosh, when I had a I don't know if people are listening to this know what cassettes are, but I used to have a, v- a VCR <laughs> and a cassette, and it was a yin yoga, like that company Gaim. It was like right when Gaim came out. Oh, yeah. And like they had a bunch of yoga, and that's how I learned yoga. But there was wow. one cla- one video that I had that it wasn't it wasn't specifically called yin yoga, but it would have been the same thing. Yes, and I remember yes. like they would make you hold downward dog for like eight, nine, ten minutes in oh the video. My. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous, Mo. Like, and you would hold it, oh and then you would like God. rest for a minute in another pose, and then you would go hold. And it was like an hour and twenty minute video, and you were holding poses for freaking ever and breathing and like getting used to it, and it was ridiculous, Mo. Wow. I will see if I still have. I'll. I will. If you I think my to, my yes. mom might still have the the because it was a VCR cassette like <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. I don't know she might still I don't even know what those are called anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah I'll see if she still has it because it was ridiculously intense yeah. and see in Yin Yoga um, the postures you're not so much because they don't want in Yin Yoga you don't want your muscles to be engaged. Because if you engage your muscles, then you're not going into the deep tissues, into the ligaments, that makes into sense. the fascia. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you won't find yourself really doing a downward dog. You will find yourself most likely sitting majority of the time or laying down and twisting. Oh, into I a see. I see. Twist. Okay, that makes sense. So yes, I don't know what this video was. Fold. But in Kundalini Yoga, I mean, there's some postures where they're like, stay in this bridge pose for, you know, seven minutes, you know, um, and and you're in them for, for quite some time too. So then, and I tell my students that if I do my job, right, I should be able to get you into a state, a meditative state where, when you're in these postures, you should be able to go into a meditation more of being able to breathe and become familiar more of your thoughts and notice what happens when you become still, where do you go? You know what? And, and, you know, I heard someone describe meditation in such a great way that meditation is a practice of just becoming familiar with yourself. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And for everyone that thinks meditation is a practice to silence your mind, that is not what meditation. And if you honestly make that your goal, good the fuck. Right. Like seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I, like, I don't even, I'm actually positive that some of the most amazing meditative practice people um, cannot get to a place where your mind is just completely silent for the entire duration of the, oh no, there's no possible way. Like the most, like, I'm not saying that I'm a guru or anything, but like the longest I can get it to go now without any type of thought coming in and flowing through is like maybe a couple minutes. Like it's the hardest thing ever. 
<laughs> and yeah. the thing is, is that once you become conscious that your mind has been silent, then that's then when it's that's done. It. Like, that's it right there. You most once you realize even, that, it's done. Yeah. It's done. It's, and it's, it's funny over. when so I hear people be like, oh, I didn't think through that whole thing. It's like, how did you know you weren't thinking? It's like, oh, because I thought. And then as soon as that part comes out, like, well, you were thinking. It's over. Like, exactly. That's when you know that you weren't thinking. Like, that's over. It's done. You yes. can't not know that you weren't thinking without thinking. It's, it's really interesting. It's a, and it's weird. People that meditate will know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it sounds ass backwards and yeah. extremely confusing. Yeah. And that's why I, and that's why I've, I've catered my classes to honestly, I've, I've tried to simplify everything. A lot of, a lot of the people that come to my classes are beginners They've never done yin yoga. They've never even meditated before. Um, a lot of my students that come to Kundalini yoga, I call yin yoga my gateway drug because a lot of times I can get people into yin yoga first, get them familiar with their bodies, get them familiar understanding what the breathing is and using affirmations and aligning with this particular um, part of the body that's also in line with the particular chakra. Because each chakra, each energy system is connected to a different part of the body, a different endocrine system, a different mood. Um, uh, it, it has its own color, its own personality. And so when you work that particular part of the body and you use certain affirmations um, and different intentions to, to just get it all together, it creates some pretty powerful experiences, even for someone that's never done it before. Um, and so yin yoga, I like yin yoga because it's a great way to bring people in. And then once they get that click, like I did, where they're like, Ooh, I feel like I want it. There's something more. The, the, then it becomes this curiosity of like, what is this? What, what like I call, I, I like to say the move yoga life students are the curious yogis. They're the curious yogis that are like, I feel like something's calling me. And I don't know what that is. I feel something changing within me. I feel like I want to start moving, but I don't know what that is. And I'm curious and I'm starting to just move with this curiosity into this place of unknown. But I know that this feeling feels familiar. I know this feeling that I'm having is something that I'm supposed to be going towards. And that's usually what leads them then to Kundalini yoga. And so and then, then once they walk in there, then yeah, their mind is like, right. so, so then how, so you teach, so where all do you do your classes at? So people can so, okay, kind of... the main places that I'm doing right now, I used to teach at lifetime fitness. I loved that space. Um, but after COVID, um, I'm no longer there anymore. Okay. And I started just teaching like at parks and locally, um, I was teaching online at my uh, move yoga life, uh, page on YouTube. I was doing recordings and teaching there. So people can go there and watch some of my old classes. I'm trying to get back into that. Um, I took a break from it, just trying to figure out audio, camera. This oh, it's whole, a pain in the ass. Like we hire oh my God. like three people to do it for us. It <laughs> is yeah. a nightmare. It's I rough. I was stressing so much that I almost quit. I was like, I'm not going to teach anymore. It's hard. Like so if I have to do videography, I'm not a videographer. Have, it's just you just have to get a process in place. Once you get your own process in place, just stick yeah. with that process. It becomes super, super easier as you do it more and more. And more, I promise you, because oh that's like the one thing that God. I hate, like I'm trying to get, so we, I have this podcast, like the podcast is like my main thing that I'm trying to grow right now. Yes. Right. And yeah. that's why I'm trying to do more interviews and things like that. Yes. But like, um, but this process is super easy now, but then when I tried to like, okay, I want to get a YouTube channel going after this, but then when I got like all the stuff that I wanted to do with YouTube, I'm like, it's going to take for freaking ever, but I know in my mind, I just got to get a regular process on a set schedule, yes, stay consistent true. with it. And then it just becomes super easy. Cause now I can knock out podcasts. Like we got, right, uh, yeah. we jumped on this and I'm, you know, it was ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's not, it, it, you, once you get that process going, you're good. I promise. That's what I, and that's what the process I need to figure out. Cause it's yeah. like the different cameras, the different, uh, um, sound equipment, the different ways to put in music and the editing app. Oh my God. I'm like, I just want to, well, and the other thing too, well, that's the other thing too. So like, it sucks because when you're first starting out and you don't have the resources to pay yes. for all of that, you end yes. up having to do it all. And yes. that's the annoying part, especially for content creators that just want to create content. Yes. And that's, and that's where I'm at right now, because, you know, be pre 2020, I was just teaching, you know, at, at, at lifetime fitness. And I was teaching at a local studio um, called sunshine yoga, um, which was right across the street. 
Now I'm teaching across the street from there at uh, Get Group Fit. (laughs) Didn't go too far, right? Literally across the street um, at Get Group Fit, doing there twice uh, a month. And then over at 3T at the Warrior Academy, which we're doing the two yin yogas uh, a month and now the one kundalini yoga class um, every, uh, the first Thursday of every month. So that's where I'm at right now. But in the midst of those classes, I've been really excited because what's been happening that's just organically morphed into just this past year-ish, maybe almost a year now, where after each of my classes, I would find people wanting to come up to me. They'd be crying um, about things that they just were like, I don't know what's going on. I can't stop crying. Um, I don't know what just happened. I think I just saw my dead grandma. Like, I don't know what just happened. I'm feeling all this anger and rage, you know, and I would spend hours after my classes just talking about the chakras and what they are. And so at some point I was like, I need to start charging people for this. Like, yeah. This is-, is that how you started building your personal? That's how I like, started the doing the one on doing with coach Tom. Yes. Yes. And so my one-on-ones are two different ways there. You can do either, um, where I come to you and I can actually teach a yoga class specifically designed on the chakras that you were born with. And I have a way of figuring that out now. Um, or we do it via zoom and I can still do that via zoom, teach you your class. Um, or we do it where we do a zoom call and you find a place within your home that you can start calling it your space. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to do Zoom. I want to meet up in person. Or if they're long distance, like, I don't know if I really want to do, like, can we do? No, like, I want you to find a place in your home because this should be number one. Whatever we do in our calls or the yoga practices, if you can't find a place of solitude in your home space, then nothing we do is going to stick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we do one-on-ones where, we're more going over what are your chakra systems? Because if I can find out your masculine and your feminine energy systems, I can then tell you what your gifts, what your purpose is and what your challenges are. And we can see why you're out of balance. And so really from there, it's turned into more of this um, like coaching where every, every week where it's, we're, or bi-weekly where we're meeting up and we're seeing what worked, you know, why did this work? Why didn't this work? And um giving different practices, different meditations, different techniques, different journaling stuff, as many tools as we can throw in our toolkit so that it's not a matter of trying to get ourselves into a place of, of forever peace and happiness, because we realize that that honestly, it does not happen here on earth. It, it, your life is constantly changing ebbs and flows, goods and bads, um, just things change. And so it's not about, and that's what I thought in my eating disorder program was that I was there to finally be in a place of forever happiness. Like I'm going to be finally, they're going to help me figure out how to just be forever happy with this body, with this person that I am. And it was, and that was, that was a fictitious goal. You know, it really, what it is, it's about finding tools that when we find ourselves in those unhappy moments, depressed, anxious, overeating, undereating, drinking like crazy. You know, when we find, we know our moments of feeling like shit, right? We can go to our toolkit and say, all right, what do I need to do today? Like what? Okay. I'm going to pull out that meditation that Mo gave me, or I'm going to do this yoga practice that we did, you know, a month ago, or I'm going to do this journal entry. You know, you get it? Yeah. No, that's amazing. And I feel like. I think that's going to be so important for people. Thank you. And, and you know what? It has been. Because yeah, that's what I think I've it's been great so- that you've moved to the private. I didn't know you moved until coach Tom. I didn't know you moved to a private practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that we this- had talked about you doing stuff with me privately. Right. But yes, like, yes. I didn't know that you had moved to that. So for how much does it cost for people to work with you privately? Or do you have a set cost so, right- or is it based off of time and what's going on? Or So yeah. So right now I, I have set it to an hourly. And it went up this year. So my hourly, which I was going to let you know too, that it's changed to 88. (laughs) So it's 88 an hour. Okay. okay? And so when I do private classes and I come to- That's actually not that bad, to be honest, to have a private yoga person. I've The the testimonies and the comments that I've gotten um, have been, for with my one-on-ones, 
I've gotten that this has helped me more than some of my my counseling, my therapy. And I don't want to like take away from therapy because right, therapy no, no, is no, I'm a big advocate for therapy. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, it's actually what got me to yoga first because therapy gave me first the awareness. Therapy, in a sense, is Kundalini yoga because it gives you the awareness and it gave me language to describe what was happening internally that I didn't have. But what happened to me personally in therapy is there was a lack of tools that I could only feel balanced when I walked out of my therapy sessions. I but didn't then you didn't know how sense. to do after. I didn't know what after to do that. Yeah, after. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Until I saw my therapist next week, I was fucking lost. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's how a lot of people and are. That's, that's difficult. That's a, the biggest problem with a lot of it. Yes. I think. Yep. And that's where I, I feel that that's where with the move yoga life we're doing, we're doing things different. We're becoming aware of ourselves and understanding where these these feelings and these insecurities and all this crap is coming from. And then we're getting tools, you know, and I'm saying, look, this, now this is in your hands. Like, here's tools. Go play. Use whatever, whatever works. Grab onto that. Use that. Don't throw everything away. Just put it in your toolkit. And then when we come back again, we notice that this works this month. But what works this month may not work for next month because of the energies that are constantly changing. And so oh. that's where, oh, but this, so it's 88 um, and where it went and we just kind of go from there. there yeah. How um, do people, so last, so kind of, how do people find you? Like how do the they, how, where way, can they yeah. join your community? I guess would be the so, best thing to ask. So think, yeah. So right now I'm working on my, my website. Um, so that, that would be the, just go to the move yoga life, right? Go to move yoga life. And I'm pretty sure we're able to, we were able to get move yoga life.com. I'm pretty sure. So that's, that's being built right now, but the right now it's through Instagram and Facebook. Cool. And, and it, is it move and yoga keep, life for both of yep, the it's move yoga life for both of them? But then you and also then have I'm, a Facebook group, right? I do. And Got that it. one's move yoga life. Tribe. Move yoga Join life the tribe. tribe and, and, and like the page um, right now, even if you don't have Facebook, just activate one just to join the tribe because on there, that's where I'm, that's what I love about 3T is the community, the building of community. That's really the it's only not thing just, that's sustained us yes. this. Yeah. I don't want to just have a website where you could just get, oh, here's my class. Here's my, my, my hourly rate. Here's, I don't want that. I want people to be able to say like, holy shit, Mo, that class was powerful last night. Oh, no way. Me too. Like, this is what I got. Like this, that's what I'm wanting to create more, you know, is the, the, the community, um, this movement of understanding that yoga is not just a workout practice. It, there's more yoga. There's way to, it's a way of life. It's a way of moving your life. Yeah, right? moving your life. And that's, that's awesome. and that, right? Do you yeah. like that? I love moving it. your life. Yeah. yeah. So we dropped the GA and we kept yeah, the yo. Move your life. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. That's what, that's what my dream, my goal is to have it, a, 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 a tool, a tool that people can come and recognize that, okay, I was born with this masculine energy that is connected to my sacral chakra, which means that I have a gift of understanding emotions. I have, a, I have a want to be fulfilled through fun and passion and pleasure. That is my gift. And yet I have this feminine energy that's connected to my throat chakra. Weird. That's my purpose. And my purpose is to speak truth. It's to communicate. It's to be able to express authentically. It's to teach, you know? And when we become aware of what our gifts and our purposes with this beautiful map called our chakras, then holy shit, we can start taking power and ownership of our life. And honestly, Jeremy, I think people are really scared of that because God forbid they do. That's what we talked about with yoga, Kundalini yoga. Then what happens when it, you become accountable? You can't really point fingers anymore. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Mo. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate thank you. it. I appreciate it. We'll have to have you back on because we could probably talk about this for hours. Oh, we like there's can. so We've much more. So We've right, done this. <laughs> we have, we have. <laughs> um, yes, so we but have I mean, I that. think it'd be interesting next time. Uh we'll try to get you back on the uh podcast, um, which we I can because I'm gonna do a lot more podcasts. Well, maybe we can yes. deeper dive into Kundalini yoga specifically or chakras or something. I would love that. I think it'd be awesome. So please, well, I, I if I could. If we can have some time to talk more about what chakras are, that is what changed my life, Jerry. Like it was the extra thing that I needed from the therapy. I needed, I needed to walk away. I needed a map 
you know, I, something to help me figure out how to move through life. And chakras, once you look at them and you notice, holy shit, this is literally a map of understanding my body, the physical parts, my emotional parts, the endocrine systems, like it's a, it's the whole thing. It's a map. So um, let's, let's do that for sure. Right. I love that. Cool. Well, thank you so much again. I enjoyed having you. you on. I really, really appreciate it. And we will schedule it uh, again. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's podcast. Thank you all so much for spending time with me today. We will be working to have interviews as much as possible. Again, if you want to be on this podcast, reach out to me at jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradio.org. That's jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot Quintanilla, Q-U-I-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A. One more time, Q-U-I-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A at ageofradio.org. Don't worry. It's free for everyone to be on my podcast. We won't charge you anything, and I hope you won't charge me anything. Also, please make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast in your favorite podcast player, also known as a podcatcher. Remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.